a lot of times when you know you're trying to pull in and close this gender gap this very obvious gender gap which and if you go on like the crypto for all website um which mandy will talk about in a second like there's this graphic on there that's like less than 15 percent of bitcoin holders are female which is like pretty insane uh, as a gap and you know as someone as a young female who works in the space i i just want to see more of my peers um you know have my background uh look like me be able to relate to me and just also you know have them be introduced to bitcoin which i think can change a lot of people's lives welcome to the progressive bitcoiner podcast where we explore the intersection of bitcoin and progressive issues i'm your host mark stefani my guests today are mandy campbell and sarah satoshi They are both focused on fostering inclusion within the Bitcoin community. Mandy, through her initiatives with the exchange OKCoin, and Sarah, through her startup, Ladies in Bitcoin. It was yet another inspiring conversation that I know you will enjoy. So thank you so much for tuning in. Sarah and Mandy, thank you so much for joining me on the Progressive Bitcoiner podcast. I'm so happy to have you. Thanks for having me. Wonderful to meet you. Finally, finally, face to face. So one of the hopes that I try to have for my podcast is to allow the listeners to relate in some way or another uh, to those who I interview and their Bitcoin journeys. So I think it would be helpful if the two of you describe your journey for the listeners so that maybe they find something uh, in common with the two of you. So Sarah, please t- tell us about uh, how you got into Bitcoin and what your journey has been like over the years. Yeah, I think I have a very like Gen Z sort of entry into um, Bitcoin, which, uh, you know, Bitcoin sort of and all cryptocurrencies have this image where it's like used for, I don't know, like nefarious things almost or illegal things or drugs and whatnot. And the first time that I really sort of dove into Bitcoin was because I was trying to buy a fake ID in college. Um, (laughs) And I had been introduced to Bitcoin before um, in like 2018 by my mom. And my mom is super cool. Like like she is the one who genuinely introduced me to Bitcoin, uh, which is, is very opposite of what most people experience, I feel like. So yeah, my, my mom is definitely the coolest. Um, she was just like really interested in anything sort of new and upcoming, um, whether it's, I don't know, like anything Elon Musk is doing or Bitcoin. Um, and so for my 18th birthday, she gave me a little bit of Bitcoin and I was like, okay, I don't really care about this. I don't know what it is. Um, like you can hold it for me, whatever is one of those things where it's like, like your parents give you money for like your birthday, but then they hold it for you. And that's exactly what it was. <laughs> so that's what we did. And then later that year, when I was trying to buy a fake ID, I was like, wait, why do they only accept Bitcoin? Um, like, this is weird where I suppose, like, how is it that Bitcoin, um, I don't know, like can be sort of anonymized in the way that, you know, uh, 
they're describing it as. And then so I started diving deeper into it. And then just kind of throughout college, I got really into uh, learning about exactly what the technical aspects were. Um, And my background was not in sort of finance or anything, but I had a really vested personal interest in finance and investing. So that combined with like all the technical stuff that I was going through in school sort of combined to bring me to this very interdisciplinary field that I feel like is the world of Bitcoin. So all of you who have had uh, fake IDs in the past can relate to Sarah's experience. (laughs) Was there a time though along that journey when you started to realize that it was more than just an investment? Yeah, for sure. I think when I got onto uh, Bitcoin Twitter, which I originally had made my Twitter, I think like pretty late, like in 2019 or something. Um, And I had made it because I was watching like The Circle or some Netflix show. And I wanted to look through the hashtags about it because, you know, like Twitter loves drama. Um, I wanted to participate. And then I started following some of my um, investments and I was a lot more into stocks back then. And then I started to come across like Bitcoin Twitter. And these people were just so, so, so passionate about it. And I think Bitcoin Twitter, even just like two years ago was very different than Bitcoin Twitter today. (laughs) And um, I got to learn a lot from from Bitcoin Twitter. I I started asking questions. I was like, like, I had no idea what the Lightning Network was. I remember I sent out a tweet once that was like, what is the Lightning Network? Seems like a good way to fix this scaling problem that Bitcoin has. And then just a bunch of people started responding with uh, like links and resources. And I look back to that tweet and it's people like Stefan Levera who were responding to me. And I had no idea who these people were, but um, sort of seeing that was like pretty cool that a community can really just come together and help educate people and just forward this movement. And I, I just saw that like this huge passion for all these different sectors of Bitcoin, whether it was mining or investing or the technical aspects um, or scaling, building on Bitcoin, whatever it was. So there's this really grand, uh, robust ecosystem that just kind of drew me more towards the other aspects besides investing in Bitcoin. Thank you. Mandy, tell us a little bit about your journey. Yeah, absolutely. So I very much came to Bitcoin as almost just an open source project because I, well, I will say I, I had my first meeting with Bitcoin, I think really, really kind of early in its journey, like maybe 2013. Um, I was working at Facebook at the time and some people were talking about Bitcoin. I remember even having someone offer to send me some. Um, and of course, at that time, I was like, you guys are crazy. This isn't a real thing. Um, obviously kicking myself now, but uh, I had several experiences like that, I would say over you know the first 10 years of Bitcoin or so, where I just kept dismissing it. And then it wasn't until I was working at GitHub just a couple of years ago, leading content there, um, that I noticed there was so much open source activity with Bitcoin and other crypto projects. And I think it was a combination of the fact that um, there was so much activity happening with this open source project and GitHub had kind of not wanted to embrace it. They didn't want to talk about that. They didn't want to do case studies about it, even though it was clearly a very interesting and active project. And that combined with the fact that I dismissed it for so long and 
it was still around and it was still growing. It was still growing from an open source perspective. It was still growing from a value perspective. Um, that made me want to explore it a lot further. And it was also in the midst of, of COVID and I think a lot of economic disempowerment happening with you know inflation. And I was seeing moms dropping out of the workforce a lot during COVID. So there was a lot of stuff that was kind of pushing me toward exploring it more. Um, I also happened to have a friend who went and worked in a Bitcoin adjacent field. And that was just like another thing on top of the pile that was pushing me toward looking into it. So um, about two years ago now, I started just really diving into it, reading books, um, listening to podcasts, joining clubhouse rooms, Twitter spaces now, um, and trying to learn as much as I could. And um, I think even in Saifedean's book, The Bitcoin Standard, he says, you know, part of what made me want to look more into this was just that I dismissed it so many times. And that really resonated to me. Um, so the more I looked into it, honestly, the more excited I was about it, the more I realized you know, this is part of an evolution when it comes to mediums of exchanges and stores of values. Um, and not only is it a groundbreaking technology that has so many open source developers contributing to it, but to me, it's our future. And it's maybe the most amazing thing that our generation or any generation will experience in how it changes our lives. Um so the more I've learned about it, the more excited I get. And I still feel like we are, you know, just starting to figure out what it is. <laughs> so I'm curious, why would GitHub be dismissive in a way towards Bitcoin? It seems to be the ultimate open source project. Yeah, I mean, I was wondering the same thing. Um, I think it is similar to a lot of the narrative out there right now, if you think about media or, you know, the conversation in Washington, which is um, a few bad actors might ruin the bunch. Um, so, you know, I think there were, and I would guess it probably wasn't even in Bitcoin, but uh, there, it was kind of just seen as, you know, a lot of nefarious developers trying to take advantage of people rather than great, you know, open source development that it is. So the two of you have obviously been successful in moving into the Bitcoin space. So let's get a little bit more uh, detailed into what you're currently working on. Sarah, you started Bitcoin Ladies, and now you've brought your cat into uh, the interview as well. So hopefully he or she will be able to answer your questions. Tell us a little bit about Bitcoin Ladies. Why did you want to start this project? First, introduce your cat, please. <laughs> cat pokey unfortunate that uh, everyone who's listening can't see him right now he's my child um but yeah i wanted to start uh ladies in bitcoin uh it was an idea that i had last year um while i was talking to i was talking to jenny from uh stacks foundation or stacks grants or something and uh, i was telling her that i wanted to get involved more in the bitcoin community and I know that Stacks is like a, a big supporter of just like projects in the Bitcoin community in general. Um, and so I was thinking like, I don't want to get a job in Bitcoin. I don't want a corporate job. That's just not my vibe. Uh, but I do want to 
do something that is helpful to people, um, especially because I sort of got my start in the Bitcoin work world in um, like Bitcoin education, writing that 21 days Bitcoin thing that uh, has done pretty well for Bitcoin magazine. Um, yeah. And I just felt like, you know, one Bitcoin, I think online is such a uh, polarizing space to be in. And a lot of times when, you know, you're trying to pull in and close this gender gap, this very obvious gender gap, which, and if you go on like the crypto for all website, um, which Mandy will talk about in a second, like there's this graphic on there that's like less than 15% of Bitcoin holders are female, which is like pretty insane uh, <laughs> as a gap. And, you know, as someone, as a young female who works in this space, I, I just want to see more of my peers, um, you know, have my background uh, look like me, be able to relate to me, and just also, you know, have them be introduced to Bitcoin, which I think can change a lot of people's lives. And so when I'm looking at this broader crypto space, what a lot of other Web3 and uh, crypto groups and DAOs have done is create these spaces for women to be able to communicate and talk to each other and share resources and empower each other and support each other. And I don't see anything like that uh, specifically for Bitcoin. I see a lot that are uh, Bitcoin supportive and Bitcoin tangential, um, like She256, for instance, which I'm a part of, which is great. They have a fantastic mentorship program uh, and I'm in it. And, uh, you know, that was really, really sort of an integral part of how I was able to navigate my way through the space, being a part of that mentorship program. And so what I want to bring to Bitcoin is that exact sort of same synergy, same community building, same uh, support for women, but just focused on Bitcoin because a lot of these other amazing like women-focused projects are definitely um, focused on the broader blockchain space. And because Bitcoin is so different from everything else, I, I think that Bitcoin sort of deserves this focused um, like opportunity and resource fund and, uh, you know, landing page to sort of go from and connect with people, connect with jobs. And so ladies in Bitcoin, really, I try not to describe it as a community. I try to describe it more as a movement, as a starting point for you to go and find like, pockets of other communities that you want to join in or just get like have somewhere to start if you are completely new to Bitcoin and want to learn about it. Or if you want to get into something like core development or lightning development, then you have the resources and you have the like free classes that you can go and take and learn about how you can get started in doing that. And then afterwards, be connected to employers, to other opportunities, to events where you can meet people and sort of continue to thrive in this ecosystem. What are the initiatives that you're hoping to roll out here uh, in the coming months? Yeah, so I'm hoping to, oh, one, a really big thing that's taking up a lot of my time and energy is just bureaucracy and paperwork around trying to form a nonprofit around this. I really wanted to, you know, just do good and 
be like this ecosystem where people can contribute and then those contributions get put back into the community to empower women to, you know, take courses or um, find jobs or find mentors or just get their first free sets and just interact with just Bitcoin lightning. Um, We have a bunch of events that are also planned for uh, upcoming conferences Uh, like the MIT Bitcoin Expo, going to be working with women in blockchain to put on a women's networking event and do a bunch of other things within the expo. So that'll be fun. So yeah, uh, everything should basically be updating on the website as I get this website out in the next two weeks. So, and also on social. So uh, everything is like at Bitcoin ladies or bitcoinladies.org and you can keep up to date there. Perfect. Thank you. Mandy, you work for OKCoin, which is one of the, uh, premier cryptocurrency exchanges, and they most recently launched a initiative called Crypto for All. Please tell us about that. Yeah. Um, so I have been at OKCoin as head of content and brand for the last year or so. Um, one of the things that struck me as I was entering the Bitcoin space was just, you know, when you have conversations about Bitcoin, whether it's on Twitter or elsewhere, it's mostly men. And um, I think with OKCoin, I really appreciated that it's the only exchange that's run by a woman, a Hong Feng. Um, There are a lot of women in positions of leadership there. Um, And as I was exploring kind of jobs and what I felt like could further the Bitcoin ecosystem, I felt like the OKCoin team, both just with the diversity that were was kind of represented in the teams and also their very strong belief that, you know, Bitcoin is everything when it comes to navigating this wild world of crypto, um, you know, although, you know, we're not an exchange that only offers Bitcoin, uh, we very much make sure that Bitcoin is the first thing that's introduced to people if we can help it. Um, You know, we believe everyone should start with like educating themselves about Bitcoin. And that is very much a belief that's shared among all of the leadership at the company. So that felt aligned with my values um, when it came to navigating this space. In looking at the data and having conversations with many people at the company, We see not only with our data, but also with data across different exchanges. And if you look at just engagement with different coins, including Bitcoin, it's usually 10 to 20 percent women. If you are able to get data about um, about the people who are engaging with it and that feels like a really big discrepancy when you consider, you know, half of the population is women um, in most countries and we thought rather than just talking about this, maybe there was more that we could do there as almost like a corporate, you know, responsibility initiative. Um, and that was the beginning of the conversation, which led to crypto for all. If you go to okcoin.com slash crypto for all, you can learn more about it. Um, but the belief here is that we can inject, you know, some funding to support women, people of color, but, you know, just getting more voices into the conversation, more builders who are actually developers in the Bitcoin space or entrepreneurs who are building businesses in the Bitcoin space, people who are finding jobs for women and people of color in the space. So we're starting out with a first round of grants and and Sarah and Ladies in Bitcoin is one of those to start out with. We're also supporting Anita Posh's project, which is called Bitcoin for Fairness. She's traveling around the world, helping people who really need Bitcoin understand it and learn how to use it. 
Um, so we're we're starting with some some Bitcoin focused projects. Um, I think this is just the beginning for for that initiative, but um, I hope that it is helpful in supporting projects that bring more women into the conversation, more people of color into the conversation, more voices into the conversation. Um, because you know, if you look at the last or the first ten years of Bitcoin or so it has very much been dominated by a certain demographic. And, you know, this is not only a revolutionary technology, but an important part of financial literacy, an important part of understanding money and value and wealth. And so we hope that we can be a bigger part of helping more people understand it and and join in this movement. Do either of you happen to know the difference in uh, cryptocurrency ownership from uh, what you just stated, men versus women, uh, as compared to traditional financial assets, stocks, bonds, et cetera? Yeah. I mean, we see, I think generally in stocks, there's also a pretty big discrepancy. And there's a notion that women tend to be more risk averse when it comes to their investments. But what's interesting is when we when we look at the data for Bitcoin that we've that we've done from our research team, and we also have seen this in other data sets as well, women are actually very open-minded when it comes to Bitcoin. They have pretty flexible investment theses. So I think we will see a lot more women come into it as they learn more about it. Um, I actually don't know you know, as time goes forward and as, you know, perhaps gender roles change in the home and in professional environments that women will continue being as like risk averse as they've typically been in the past. I think it's still up for discussion. So opening up the questions to you, the two of you, I'm curious to know, aside from having more women in the industry, what are the reasons that you tell women to become more involved in Bitcoin? Mandy, you can start since you just finished. Sure. Well, I mean, part of it to me is just what we were just talking about, which is, you know, I think we need more voices in the conversation about Bitcoin. Um, I do worry a little bit that if there's one specific demographic that kind of dominates the conversation that we'll continue to see maybe oversimplified understandings of Bitcoin in the media or in Washington among Congress people, for instance, because there aren't, you know, more vocal advocates all over the country. And, you know, if they're not hearing from women, they're just not getting all of the perspectives, for instance. You know, women have different economic needs and different economic challenges than men. And I think ignoring that is not helpful. So for instance, I think even Nicole said on this very podcast, when we look at domestic violence relationships, something like 90% of them include economic abuse. And so when we talk about economic situations and challenges for women, you know, this, this is really real. Um, there very well may be women in the U.S. and all over the world who just don't have access to the same economic opportunities as men um, or other other people in their community. Um, and Bitcoin really can be a great force for giving them an asset that no one can take away from them, that gives them a lot more upward mobility, perhaps the ability to escape an abusive relationship, perhaps the ability to escape an oppressive regime. So there are just a lot of reasons in my mind where, you know, it starts with the women, hopefully just 
educating themselves a little bit more about Bitcoin, understanding Bitcoin and the total landscape of investment and understanding, you know, financial literacy to start out with, and then hopefully maybe buying a little bit at a time. But um, I think for all women, there's a reason to hold a little bit of Bitcoin. And then for some, there's a reason to hold a lot of Bitcoin. (laughs) Sarah, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I completely agree with everything that Mandy just said. Um, Yeah. And and nodding to like the whole, you know, diversity is imperative for, I think, for the success, for the large scale success of um, any sort of network, whether it's a company or um, a movement, because you need these different voices and backgrounds and uh, perspectives to come in and shape the way that other people perceive whatever it is that we're trying to push, right? And Bitcoin does have this perception right now that is, to be coy, very leaning towards a certain demographic, which is not objectively positive or negative um, when you look at it, just depending on which, you know, which groups that you're a part of, but for the movement of Bitcoin, it is smart to want to expand to as many groups as possible because then you start to speak to as many groups as possible. And that's how you reach hyper Bitcoinization or whatever our goal is at the end faster. Right. And then another thing is specifically pertaining to women, as Mandy said, you know, women are traditionally just a lot more Um, financially or economically burdened and dependent on typically on their partners Uh, and a lot of uh, abuse that goes on within domestic situations is economic abuse and so when women learn about bitcoin the whole sort of prospect of the value of what should be emphasized in bitcoin in my opinion is that value of ownership true ownership over your own funds um, something that other people cannot control, right? And so I think in just learning about Bitcoin, that helps women understand, oh, I need to be financially just in control of my own finances always, just in case I cannot depend on someone else to just, you know, pool our funds together and have um, my partner handle everything. Like, I think Bitcoin really helps shape the perspective that it's important to take ownership and take uh, initiative to understand how one can be sort of financially in control of their lives. So, yeah, um, amongst a bunch of other things that uh, Bitcoin, I think, helps people learn specifically for women. This is one of those very important um, concepts. So what would you tell a listener uh, who is thinking well, why not just invest in a 401k, you know, put your money in that. Uh, What makes Bitcoin different? I actually like don't agree too much with the whole, um, I think like community push of just get rid of 401ks, get rid of retirement accounts. They suck. I think instead we should be looking at it because I I come from, I suppose, like an interest in, the traditional finance and and investing background. Um, 
you know, I think retirement accounts are still really important. I think that the way that they're set up right now is not optimal, but also there are pockets of opportunity within things like 401ks or IRAs that people should learn about and should take advantage of rather than shunning. So for instance, with 401ks, you know, if you have an employer match, take the employer match. It's free money. It's literally doubling your free money. Um, and then there are companies out there like NIDIG that allow employers to uh, provide 401ks where employees can invest Bitcoin into their 401ks. And then individually, if you know you qualify for a Roth IRA or something, you should absolutely max that out every year. And there are companies like Choice that allow you to put Bitcoin into your Roth IRAs. And I think that is a really smart thing to do. And that's what I do. So uh, yeah, rather than just sort of shunning the traditional uh, investment systems that we have in place, the, the fiat systems, um, we sh- I think we should really work with them and individually, you know, uh, take the initiative to go and learn about why these, these existing institutions are, sh- are structured the way they are, and then learn about how we can take advantage of those and also, you know, improve on them, like with adding Bitcoin support to these accounts. Mandy, what are your thoughts? I I think I'm similar to Sarah in that, you know, I I do have a 401k. Actually, I before I bought Bitcoin, um, moved my Roth IRA into like a self-directed Roth IRA and then was able to buy GBTC before actually buying Bitcoin. So I kind of indirectly bought it that way. So I I am someone who has, you know, some of these more traditional, you know retirement savings accounts. But I think at the end of the day, you know, the thing that differentiates Bitcoin is, yes, you can have a 401k, you can have your IRA, but there is a central party that is controlling that. And it's not entirely yours. It's not entirely safe. There's a lot of different market conditions that that can, you know, affect what's actually in those accounts. We did see people with the 2008 um, financial crisis lose a lot of their savings just because there were risky bets that were taken by bankers, for instance. Um, I have people on my team who, you know, are around the same age as me and actually their families were basically kicked out of Soviet countries and they had all of their savings taken by the government. Um, so, I mean, those kinds of concepts are not, I, I don't think that, you know, in the U.S. we're anywhere close to being at risk of that type of thing. But, you know, at the end of the day, your Bitcoin is yours. If you have it in a hardware wallet, no one can take that from you. Um, it's just a totally different proposition. So I would be a proponent of having both and just considering your Bitcoin a much safer store of value than anything else. So tell me about a time when you were speaking with someone, female or not, that the light bulb went off and they finally got what Bitcoin means uh, more than just an investment. Have either of you experienced something like that? Uh, like in talking to other people and uh, about Bitcoin and explaining Bitcoin to them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Care to share a story in, in what that component was of uh, Bitcoin that finally set the light bulb off? Yeah, I think it really depends on the person. Um, I'm I'm someone who, when explaining any sort of asset to anyone, I like to understand mm-hmm. what they care about the most. Uh, whether, you know, and when it comes to Bitcoin, like maybe it's remittances or maybe it's inflation or maybe it's 
that it's a cool new thing that utilizes like a blockchain, which I think is still pretty fresh as a concept in a lot of people's minds, right? And so depending on what what people are motivated by, I think that's just the way that uh, I try to angle it. And this goes back to, I think, um, like there is no best way to explain Bitcoin. There is no best way to understand Bitcoin. It's just about what you care about. And ultimately that plays into, uh, you know, this term that I like to use that I think a lot of... uh, is very polarizing for Bitcoiners. And that comes down to like Bitcoin marketing. Bitcoin evangelism is Bitcoin marketing. Um, like you are a marketer when you are discussing Bitcoin and uh, telling people about Bitcoin. And so, you know, in marketing, it's about finding those angles that uh, best appeal to the audience that you are trying to appeal to. So, you know, me talking to, I don't know, like a crypto bro who already invests in a bunch of, altcoins, for instance, is going to be very different from the way that I appeal to a woman who is who is curious about entering the space and wants to learn more. Yeah, I, I would absolutely agree with that. You really have to tailor your, your pitch to who you were talking to. And so, Mandy, you have to thread that needle. And I'm curious to know from a marketing content creation perspective, with Bitcoin being so multifaceted, how do you tailor your marketing and branding to meet people where they are at with regard to Bitcoin? Yeah, I mean, I think um, as everyone says in Bitcoin and crypto, like we're still so early. So I I think we kind of come at it from a place of everyone starting out in the beginning of their journey with Bitcoin. And let's start with the basics, you know, let's start with, you know, maybe buy a little bit at a, t- at a time. Don't um, don't put your whole life savings into Bitcoin today if you're just getting started with it. Um, start with education. Start with understanding some basic financial literacy tools like dollar cost averaging, where you know if you buy a little bit every week, that's potentially a much safer strategy than putting a bunch of money into it today, where you don't know what's going to happen with the price tomorrow. Um, so we we really do try to start with education and some of these basic, you know, sound investment principles when it comes to Bitcoin. We do try to help people understand that, you know, this stuff is volatile. So we just don't know what's going to happen with it. Um, there are things that you can do to make it a little bit safer for yourself as you're entering into the market. But, um, you know, I think starting with education, starting with recurring buys, for instance, which is essentially you can automate dollar cost averaging with OKCoin. And we actually, you pay zero fees for recurring buys, which is kind of a nice thing on top of it just being a smart investment principle. Um, So we, we actually try to incentivize like smart buying behaviors when it comes to Bitcoin. We're thinking a lot about how people learn about this stuff. I think we're still early in a lot of how we educate our our customers and people who are coming to OKCoin, thinking about different places where we can put, you know, more informative and more relevant education modules into our experience is something, you know, you'll see more of from us. But um, I think, again, it just kind of comes down to education, like understanding what this is, feeling conviction about it so that you aren't in a place of, you know, just selling it as soon as you see the market dip, (laughs) Um, but understanding the fundamentals behind Bitcoin and then also sound investment principles. So how do you discuss risk as it relates to Bitcoin in comparison to other 
traditional financial assets? You know, at the end of the day, we can just say it's a volatile asset, right? Um, I think we're we're pretty upfront about that. Uh, I think, you know, a lot of people would probably say it's a lower risk asset than a lot of other things in a world where we have like 9% inflation. <laughs> but um you know, we're we're pretty upfront about that. Again, you know, dollar cost averaging can help you actually have a better average price and maybe enter the market a little bit more slowly. But that's you know how we how we try to bring it to people so that they have an understanding. Especially, I mean, going back to some of these cases where perhaps you're trying to move your savings into Bitcoin because you're you know, a part of a country where you have a totalitarian or an authoritarian regime. Like, I think that we should be upfront with people that Bitcoin is volatile. And I think even Alex Gladstein says that in a lot of cases, like stable coins might actually make more sense for some people. So, um, you know, I think ignoring that there are things like stable coins where, you know, it's not Bitcoin, maybe it's not as decentralized, but it's also not as volatile. And maybe that's important. And it's more important for the, for these types of people to just be able to send money quickly and through a more secure way and not pay a ton of money to be able to transfer money. Um, there's just different use cases for different people. So, so I just have a couple more questions. Who are your role models in the space? Um, I think I've mentioned Alex Gladstein just now. I'd say, you know, I'm really inspired by a lot of the work that he's doing to connect with people who are really using Bitcoin in empowering ways. And uh, for instance, Roya Maboob, who he's talked to, and we've seen great content come out from her where she's talking about educating women about how to use Bitcoin, where she says, you know, I've been paying women in Afghanistan and Bitcoin for years, and they're able to actually have savings now and able to escape abusive relationships and potentially escape the country with a little bit of savings, um, you know, if they're in kind of like a threatening position or a threatened position. Um, I think Alex is doing a lot of really good work to bring those stories out into the world to help people understand this bigger impact that Bitcoin can make. And the work that HRF is doing is really inspiring to me. Um, I think Hong Feng, who is our, our CEO here at OKCoin, is really inspiring for me too. She's brilliant. She's a former executive um, from Goldman Sachs, who then she actually was an investment banker. She was trying to invest in OKCoin as a company. And she was so sharp and had such a great vision for the company that they said, you are going to come run this company. Um, she's really, really brilliant. She really believes in Bitcoin. She takes risks in a smart way and she has pushed innovation for OKCoin in a way that really supports the Bitcoin ecosystem where, you know, we're for a long time, we've been the only U.S. exchange that has a fully functioning Lightning node that's, I think, the 13th largest node by capacity. Um, you know, we, we've done things like SATS mode. We've uh, contributed over a million dollars to Bitcoin core developers. Those are not things that mean more profit for OKCoin. Those are things that are the right thing to do to help the ecosystem. And so I really applaud her for making those kinds of decisions and pushing the company in that direction. 
Um, and I think her vision for Bitcoin is really powerful. I think reading her, she did an op-ed called the hundred thousand dollar case for Bitcoin. I think it's probably over a year old now at this point, but it's still a really compelling piece and something that made me want to come work at the company and just learn from her. So she's another great role model for me in the space. Thank you for those shout outs. Sarah, how about you? I, I, I agree. Um, I also look up so much to, to Hong and the things that she's done for OKCoin. OKCoin is my favorite centralized exchange to buy Bitcoin on for so many reasons. Um, but the sort of innovation of the um, like the user experience on the exchange, as well as just the push to support all these Bitcoin projects um, is just pretty incredible to see from, uh, you know, a crypto exchange. And I, I think like OKCoin even, I would say, does more for Bitcoin than a lot of Bitcoin-only exchanges. Um, one really cool feature that I, I personally like really love about OKCoin is the whole, you can like do a dollar, uh, dollar cost average under a certain price of Bitcoin. So I've been using that a lot. You know, it's just a way to sort of intelligently um, invest. And so incentivizing that and then allowing you to sort of see your Bitcoin in sats is, is just really cool. As well as like the crypto for all thing, you know, supporting people in the ecosystem who are doing things like me uh, to help further Bitcoin is, is just really incredible. And also this sort of like, this really speaks to just how important, again, like bringing more women, bringing diversity into the space is because every single person that I look up to is an incredible woman in a powerful position. One of my first role models coming into this space was Flori Marquez. Um, she's the COO, co-founder of BlockFi. I watched all her podcasts. I thought she was incredible. I thought, you know, um, what she was doing in the space was innovative, was just cool to see a woman in that position. And that inspired me to really, you know, want to grind and want to work in this industry. And then other people like Lynn Alden, um, Kathy Wood from sort of my more traditional finance background. Uh, I look up to them so much. And then also just people like Mandy, you know, people like Mandy, people like Nicole. Um, these are all, you know, people who I aspire to, to be in, in the future in my career. So um, having these like amazing female role models is just so important. And, you know, I really hope that I can also serve as one of those role models at some point for other young women looking to enter this space. Well, I'll just say that I think when you, add, when you ask the question about role models, it's an interesting one, partially in my mind, because, you know, role models, I think used to signify that it was someone who has been an expert in something for a really long time. Someone that you look up to who's, you know, you know, maybe traditionally older than you and who has been in this field um, for years and years and years. But I think when you think about the Bitcoin space, a lot of the thought leaders haven't really been in the space for that long. And the space itself hasn't been around for that long. And I almost think um, it's just as helpful to have peers and people who are younger than you and learning this stuff with you to guide your journey. Um, and when I look at young people in the space, I mean, not that I'm, you know, that old, but <laughs> um, I think that there's so many young people who are so much more open-minded when it comes to these things. And when we come to thinking about investment strategy and so 
I almost think it's just as helpful to have people who are your peers and younger than you, who are like almost like your role models because they have values that are different than yours that might actually be helpful in informing your future too. Well, there's no doubt that the two of you are inspiring people. So thank you so much for for sharing your, your thoughts there. My final question for the two of you is what gives you hope? Wow, that's a deep question. <laughs> is there an asterisk that is aside from Bitcoin? <laughs> there doesn't have to be. It's up to you. Well, I mean, I guess touching on what I just said, I think seeing young people and the innovation that will happen not only with Bitcoin, but you know, with everything else that's going on in this world where like young people have been through like two recessions and a pandemic now, and there's a lot of unrest in the world. And I think that there's a continued optimism, especially among like our younger generations right now, where I think they're going to come out of this just wanting to build even cooler things and even better things that are going to change our world. And that gives me hope. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, I think my, a lot of my peers, uh, people who are younger than me, whether it's in like this broader crypto space or not, I, I see people who are just really passionate about solving problems genuinely and in very unselfish ways. You mean it's not just about making money? Yeah. 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 I I feel like this generation, um, this like Zoomer upcoming generation is one that really, you know, uh, people make fun of us, I think, uh, and say that we're, I don't know, just like this socialist generation that doesn't uh, expect a lot of things. But I I think that's a bad way to frame it. I think really the the framework that I see my generation coming from is, no, it's not that... uh, we it's we don't care about these capitalistic tendencies and motivators. What we care about is, uh, you know, fixing things, social justice, doing good in selfless ways um, without caring about sort of making money. I see myself in this sort of light as well when I'm working on, um, you know, like ladies in Bitcoin, for instance, and people are like, you should think about how you're going to support yourself and like pay yourself for this. And I'm like, oh yes, that, that is an aspect that did not even cross my mind. And so a lot of these young people are just building things and creating things just because they want to do good, I think. And that inspires me a lot as well and also shapes the way that I behave. Um, I have a lot of friends who are in this ecosystem who are way younger than me. And like, I'm 22, you know, I have friends who are like 16 and running smart contracts and building things in this space. And I think it's absolutely amazing and inspiring. Um, And just talent is getting younger and younger and people are becoming just motivated to um, do things and build things. And they're also so smart. Like, it's kind of crazy just how smart uh, young people are now. And I say that like, I'm not young, but I, I definitely am within that same generation, but, uh, it's, it, yeah, it's pretty cool and inspiring to see your peers just, um, I don't know, just trying to do good for the world and, uh, having the ability and a talent and ambition to go and, uh, go after those things. And that does give me a lot of hope. Wonderful. Well, that was brilliant. Please tell the listeners where they can find you on social media and elsewhere. I am at Satoshi Sarah on all my socials, mostly on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also find uh, Ladies in Bitcoin 
at Bitcoin Ladies on social, Twitter and Instagram, and also BitcoinLadies.org. And if you want to reach me via email, I'm Sarah at BitcoinLadies.org. And I am Mandy Z Camp. So that's M-A-N-D-Y Z Camp, C-A-M-P on Twitter, on Instagram, and I'm mandy.campbell at okcoin.com if you want to reach me on email. Uh, it was okcoin.com slash crypto for all if you're interested in the crypto for all program. Definitely feel free to send projects our way if you think you know it's a project that's really supporting bringing more voices into the space, um, similar to Sarah's project. Um, I would love to talk more about that. And yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Mandy, Sarah, thank you so much for joining me on the Progressive Bitcoiner podcast. I really appreciate your time. Thank you.